Our scripture comes from 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11 today. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and a sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Lord God, as we come before uh, your word, we just pray that you would open our hearts to what you have for us today. That as we gather here and we open scripture, that you would speak directly to us. What do you want us to hear? What do you want us to take away, Lord? We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. This amazing thing happened uh, this last week, and uh, it seems like one of those things that when you're when you're in prayer enough and, and when you're trying to connect with God enough that, that amazing things kind of happen sometimes. I don't know if that's ever happened in your life, but uh, there's this, uh, this kind of ministry opportunity that I feel like God has kept putting into uh, my brain over the last couple months or so, and I uh, hadn't really been telling uh, anyone at the church, and I just just praying, you know, God, if this is something for us, if this is a direction you want our church to do stuff in, uh, and I'm just going to leave it vague, so you can, you can already <laughs> stop wondering what I'm talking about. Uh, but the point is, uh, I've been praying about it, and I've been praying, God, put this on someone else's heart, if this is something you have for us. And um, this week, I had someone come to me and say, you know, God's really been putting something on my heart. And I said, go ahead. <laughs> And uh, they, they said the exact thing that I had been praying about, this exact uh, kind of ministry area. Uh, I'll just give you a little hint. It had to do with helping to strengthen marriages uh, in our community. And, and they said, God just keeps putting this on my heart, and he just won't stop. And I said, well, that's interesting, because I keep praying that God won't stop putting that on someone's heart. And, and then actually we started talking about it, and it was about the same amount of time, too. It was just pretty neat. Um, but I, I wonder, the, the reason I bring that up is I wonder in our own lives, how many stories we tell, how many times uh, we, we love to tell what's going on. How many of your stories start with the phrase, I was praying once, dot, dot, dot. There was one time where I was praying about something and then God did this. Or there was a time that I was, I was lifting up something in prayer and then you're not going to believe the story of what happened. And if I were to just guess, I would say for the, for the majority of, of Christians, we don't have a lot of those stories. Maybe we have some. Maybe we have some throughout our lives that we were praying about something and then God moved and it was amazing. But I feel like we have a lot of stories that start with, well, I was, well, I was walking around and then this happened. Or, or I was at the grocery store and then this happened. Or I, I went to the post office and then, and then this happened. But 
how many of your stories start with, like, meanwhile, while I was praying, X, Y, and Z. While I was uh, praying to God and saying, God, would you uh, just, just put someone in my life, and then, and then all of a sudden this person walked past that needed God's love. Or you're, you, you prayed and you said, God, I'm available today. I, just, just use me. I know that the world around me is hurting. And then you drive to, to the gas station and the person right there, it's so obvious that this is the person that God has lined up with you. Uh, they happen sometimes. But, but I think for a lot of us, uh, th- there can be big gaps there. And it seems like a shame. It seems like as the church, it seems like as the people of God, that we should be the people who, who start stories this way. That start by saying, I was in prayer, and I was, I was focusing on this, and I just said, God, if this is your will, do something. Do something in this area of, of this other person's life, or do something in this area of my own life. And then, and then God had this miraculous story come into my life, and I just want to share it with you. Matthew 7 Verse 11, uh, talking about how God wants to give good gifts to his children. That when we come before him in prayer and we pray uh, deep prayers that say, God, uh, we just want to connect with you. We want to have you uh, love you know, people in this way. That, that God loves to give those gifts to his children. So it says here, Matthew 7, verse 11, if you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you if you ask him? Now that's not saying just ask God for a million dollars. And then all of a sudden this good gift happens and your your bank account has extra money in it. It's saying if, if your heart's desire lines up with God's desire... And, and, and you say, God, I, I just need to know, is this from you? This, this longing inside, this feeling that, that something could be done. Just take this example of, of helping to strengthen marriages or, or something like that. And you just say, God, is this from you? If, if this is, would you just give that gift to this community? Would you place that on someone's heart? That when we do that as people of God, God loves to give us those gifts. He delights in it. I have like the perfect age of children for holidays. I don't know if you've seen them up here. Uh, they're like the, the perfect age. They're, they're little kids. Right now, every single holiday is so much better when there's little kids. Right? Because that joy, I mean, they're like, they're like excited. They're like, it's St. Patrick's Day. You know, like it, it doesn't matter what holiday is. They're like, we're going to wear green. You know, and, and it's fun. Uh, and then you get to the big ones like Christmas and and, and we delight in seeing them delight, and, and, and they're so happy, and we know that God does the same for his children. That, that when our desires match up with him, and when, and when we ask for something, he says, oh, I'm just so happy that you asked for that. I'm just so happy that, that, that you saw that need, because I, I know that need. God knows what's going on, and he's like, I, I just love it that your heart lined up with where I'm at. Today we are in the sixth sermon in a sermon series that's called Start With Prayer. Uh, And I've said this each week and I will continue saying it that that the whole point of the series is that no matter what's going on in our lives, that our first step is that we start with prayer. It's not just some last resort. 
that, that we come to at the end. It's step number one, start with prayer. So when times are hard, we start with prayer. When relationships are difficult, we start with prayer. When the diagnosis is poor, step number one, pray. When the realities of our world feel overwhelming and it feels like we are being crushed under the weight of what is around us, step number one, start with prayer. Now, I believe that God has put the church here for a reason. This is my sermon that's like, the last five of this series have been good, but this one's like the application one. Okay, this is the one where it's like the rubber meets the road. This is where it's like, we're not just going to talk about prayer anymore. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about what that looks like. What does it look like to start in that way? And I, I believe that we, we need to back up a couple steps and, and start with what is the church? What are we even supposed to be? Not the, not the building, not the walls, not, not the structure around us, but, but God's people drawn into a specific place at a specific time. Uh, we are a church here in this community, and I believe that God puts churches in communities for a reason. Do you believe that? Good. Because <laughs> I believe it too. I, I believe that, that God knows the needs of a community and, and that God is beyond time. So, so when we pray to God and we say, God, look, look around us, look at the needs around us, Lord. You, you are so aware of what's going on, but I just, I just look up and down my own street and I see struggling and I see hurt and I see, I see families that are in pain and I see, uh, I see drug abuse, I see depression, I see anxiety, Lord. I just believe that God sees those things. That God knew that that was going to be there. God is beyond time. So, so God knew that, that at this time, he wanted a church here. Sometimes I think we pray uh, this prayer that says, that says at some point, uh, God, God, just show us how you want us to, to behave. Sh- show us what you want us to do. Show us uh, how you're going to sol- solve the world's problems. And I think the reality is that, that God put a church here sometimes. That God looked at the problems that were going to be in your very own community, and God said, that's, that's why I'm going to move this person there. That he knew what was going to go on today. And, and because he's beyond time, he was able to say, I'm going to put this couple, or I'm going to put this family, I'm going, to, I'm going to have them retire, I'm going to have them move there, and I'm going to move my people into this neighborhood. That sometimes we want God to, to bring some solution, and sometimes I think God has, it's just us. And that's so much harder. It's just, it's just, God, it's just it's the church. Like I feel like God's like, yeah, I, I put a church there. You ever think about it that way? It's like, it's like this community's hurting and God, God give a solution. Give, give some uh, relief to this. And he's like, I did. I put eight churches in your community. And I kept them open. And there was a pandemic that happened and they weren't even uh, able to meet in the same way. And, and I kept the finances going. And your, wall, your, your church is still open. And, and that you keep praying and you say, God, you do something. God, you do something. You do something. He's like, I put you all there. 
You're my people. You're my people, and I've gathered you in a space, and I've gathered you in a community, and then you sit in that space, and you look out at the world, and you say, God, you do something about that. Doesn't it feel a little weird? I feel like there's a little bit of a mindset thing. Like there's a little bit of a sense of like, God, every, everyone on my street is, is struggling with you know, this and that. And God's like, well, I put you on that street. Like not, not to say like, like you need to do it all and that God's not going to help you, but, but what if we're part of the solution? Not, not just part of the uh, step back and let God do his miraculous work. Another part of that is I think God plants churches, not people. There's people who uh, are pastors and they're, they're church planters and they start churches, but none of them will tell you that they do it in their own power. Every single one of them will tell you, I, I felt a call to an area, I felt like God was telling me something, and then, and then God aligned all these things, and somehow the finances worked, and we don't know how it worked. And somehow, somehow we got a building, and we don't know how we got a building, or we've been meeting in this gymnasium, and we don't know how. This church was started not by a pastor, which I think is really interesting. A number of years ago, over in White Pines, there was a group of people their spouses were in the logging industry, and they said, we need Sunday school for our kids. That's how this church started. There was a group of moms that said, we need Sunday school for our kids. And they started meeting together and teaching kids about Jesus. And it was years before there was the first pastor that came. I've never heard of that. That's awesome. This was a church that is in this community because the people of God said there is a need and, and we want the next generation to grow up strong. We want the next generation to know the truth. So my question becomes, what if we've just been asking the wrong questions of God? Again, God, won't you do something? God, there's so much pain, there's so much hurt, there's so much pain in our families, there's so much pain in our world. Marriages are falling apart. Illness, mental health problems, drug abuse, homelessness, addictions, families that are in crisis. It seems pretty obvious that our world desperately needs God. And these aren't just problems that exist in some faraway big city environment. If we open our eyes and we see what is going on around us, these are right here in this community. It's right here on this block. It's right here on your block. It's right, it's right on your own street. People are hurting. And we cry out, God, please do something. People are hurting down here. Our community needs hope. We need peace. We need love. But again, what if that's kind of my theme for this sermon is what if? What if we're part of God's solution? What if God put us here to solve some of that pain? To come alongside some of that hurt? To walk with people? 
I feel like sometimes, again, that God steps back and says, yeah, I, I put a church here, folks. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to happen. None of this surprises God. Again, God is not on the same timeline that we are. God, God did not come to this last year and, and he was surprised. God came to this last year, he came to this, this last week maybe in your own life, and God knew it. And, and back in the 1960s, he put a church here. And he kept the doors open. And the church has had its ups and its downs, and it's, and it's gone through time, and he hasn't closed it yet. And if he hasn't closed it, it's because he wants to use it. If churches aren't being used by God, they're just they're done. That's all it takes because, because everything we do, everything that we lean on, we, we need God to move and God to act. And, and if churches don't have that, then, then their, their season is done. And that doesn't mean they failed or something. It just means they exist for a season and, and their season has passed. But if our season has not passed, then we are here for a reason. And you better believe it has to do with what's going on around us. That when we look at our community, you better believe that, that God is not surprised. We may be surprised. We may look around and be like, God, this, this world is hurting, God. I'm, I'm surprised. I didn't see it coming. You know, you know, I, I, was, I was going along life, and I just didn't see it was going to be like this. But God's not surprised. That's so hopeful to me. Is that hopeful to you? That, that, that gives me so much joy to be able to say that, that God is not uh, shocked that there's hurting in the world. And he has given solutions to problems. The, the, the hard part becomes, how do we as the church mesh with that? How, what, what is our role in that? You know, sometimes I think this can all be too big and therefore we don't know where to start. Again, I have little kids and we tell them to go clean their room and, and we send them upstairs where their room is and if the room is too big of a mess, they don't even start. They actually just start playing. They start playing in the mess. The mess of the world around them and they're just moving little things around. Church. <laughs> And, and, and they, they sit there and, and we tell them, you know, go, go organize it, go put, let's put the stuff away, and they don't even know where to start. And that's fine, because they're little kids, and I do the same thing with my storage under my house. I haven't cleaned it in a year, because I don't know where to start. And, and we do the same thing in our own lives, and we do the same thing with, with our community. So as we think of a church, and we look out, and, and we go, like, gosh, this is a big thing, God. Where do we even start? What is the first step? Hopefully you've realized by now that the first step is to start with prayer. All right, thank you. Good, okay, good. You got that one. Step number one, start with prayer. And, and we not, don't need to just like think it. We need to do it. So here's what uh, I'm going to challenge you all to. And I think you can do it. I actually was 
looking at this online, and they actually said that if a church had about 200 people, that this was a good thing to do at a church. We don't have 200 people. So you're going to need to, like, do more <laughs> than, than what this online source thought you could do. Hopefully you're like, yeah, let's prove them wrong. Uh, this online source is a fool. Uh, we're going to be the church. But here's what, I'm, here's what I'm thinking. There are some people in our town that have never been prayed for in years. It's true. Sometimes on, on our very own streets, in our very own neighborhoods, there are people who, who have never had someone in their life pray for them. Maybe generically, maybe, you know, someone says, oh, Lord, bless all of Arnold. Okay, that's nice, but like I'm talking them or their house or their, their household, their family. They've never been prayed for. That should break our hearts. It's true, you're all nodding. It's true, but it should break our hearts as the church that has been placed here. So we're going to do a thing uh, that I'm calling every single house. And what every single house is, is, is we're going to pray for every single house in Arnold and Avery and Dorrington and Camp Connell and Big Trees and wherever you live. Uh, we're going to pray for all of them together as a church. So here's what it's going to look like. I have in front of you, show and tell, we have some maps here. Arnold, Avery, you can kind of see maybe what's going on. It's pretty far away from some of you, uh, but you'll see it up close later. And then I have a separate one that is, uh, for those of you uh, higher elevation folk, uh, with Camp Connell, Big Trees Village, and Dorrington. And these, this rest of this summer, I want to put this challenge out that I want every single house represented by these streets, prayed for by someone from this church. And, and it's going to be like a prayer walk kind of thing. My family started this week, so there is a little highlighted area uh, in our own neighborhood. But how it's going to work is you're going to go out, uh, and, and you don't need to like walk up to their house and like put your hand on their doorbell and get all over next door, or you know something like that. I mean, you, but... Just walk down the street, and, and there's houses on your right, there's houses on your left. Just pray for each one. Not just for the whole road, but pray for each of those homes. And pay attention as you do. It's amazing what you can tell. So we did our own neighborhood, and I noticed things I've never noticed before. I noticed lawns that were way too manicured for the people to be part-time. So I prayed for these full-time people. I notice houses that I have never seen a car at ever in my own neighborhood in two years. So I prayed for them. God knows them. God knows them well. And, and, and I could draw maybe a little bit. Maybe life is so busy right now. Maybe priorities are hard. Maybe they can't relax. You know, we can learn things just by looking at a property. It is amazing how many houses in this town tell you their names. They put the sign right on the house. You're nodding. Yes, it's true. My house is one of them. At least last names. 
So you can walk up and you can be like, well, this is the Johnson's cabin. I clearly know it because there's a, a wood sign that says Johnson's cabin. And I can say, Lord, be with the Johnsons today. We don't know where they are. We don't know where they are with you. But, but would you just uh, be with them? And, and if they are far from you, would you draw people into their lives that can, that can share the good news of the gospel with them? And Lord, Lord, if Chapel in the Pines and, and each one of us, if we are those people, Lord, would you just use us? And this is just as you're walking, just in your own head, and, and pray for both sides of the street. Or as Susan and I walked around, she prayed for the left side of the street, and I prayed for the right side, and we just prayed for uh, each house. And, and I think we can do all of these. Do you think we can do all of these? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I think we can. I mean, I, I think there's... There's some areas that you might want to drive slow in a car, quite frankly. I don't know, well, I mean, some of you like Love Creek people. You're a little, you're a little spaced out. <laughs> Go ahead and feel free to drive slowly. I think we can give them that permission. Uh, or, or you might be like two miles and you're like, I prayed for a house. Um, and, and, you know, there's, of course, some of you that aren't in uh, these neighborhoods that, that are on here. And these are going to be in the foyer. Uh, that's how it's going to work. So... So you're going to do it during the week, and when you come back on Sunday, you're going to come back excited, and you're going to come back ready to highlight the roads that you've prayed for. And, the, and there's going to be a highlighter there, and you're able to mark it. And um, I don't know, maybe I need a volunteer that's got like Google Maps pulled up in case you're not like a spatial person. Uh, but maybe you can know your own neighborhood. Uh, and, and we're going to mark it, and we're going to see if we can get this whole thing highlighted by the end of the summer. And I think we can. But how amazing of a first step in prayer. We can talk about our community all we want, but if we haven't prayed for them, then, then it feels like we're kind of uh, all talk and no action. It feels like we're saying, yeah, we love them, but we, I've never even looked at their house. I've never even thought of who they are. I've never lifted them up to God and and yet I say, yeah, would, Lord, would you bring them into our space on Sunday morning? Well, that's fine. But why don't we say that as we stand in front of their driveway? Why don't, why don't we look at each, at each house, at each apartment, at each dwelling in, in our communities and say, God, you have a story here. And we want this story to start with prayer. We, we want to... We want the story of this community to start with a, a people of God that went out and prayed for people. And then we'll see what God does. I think we can do it. I wanted to do it a while ago, but we were meeting online and it was kind of hard to explain. And I thought, I don't know if they're walking much right now. But I think now's the time. And the weather will be nicer. And again, so we have two maps. There's this one with Arnold, and then there's uh, this one. It's, I don't know, down here. Um, and some of you, I realize, don't live in either of these two maps. I guess there's two things I would say there. Um, God put you where you live for a reason. So if you're down in Murphy's or you're down in uh, Douglas Flats or something like that, pray for the, that street. You know, do, do the same thing. Still do it, but then also realize there's this other side where 
God put you in a church here also. I feel like there's both. God put you there, but then God also put you into this church and this community, I think, for a reason too. So pray for your street, and then maybe later on get in your car and drive to a neighborhood that hasn't been highlighted and pray for it. And we're going to need to do that. Uh, hopefully this isn't creepy. Uh, that's a great way to start a story during a sermon. Hopefully you don't find this creepy. But a number of months ago, I took all of your addresses and I typed them in on Google Maps. And it leaves a little pin. And I just went through the whole church directory. There's not that many households. You know, it's not that hard to do. And, and I just looked at our area and where the pins are and I can tell you that there's some areas that we're going to have to drive to. There's just not a pin there. And there's some areas where, and you probably know it, where you live by a bunch of other people from church. Uh, and that's great too. But uh, I think that's fine too. Does this make sense? Okay, good. Susan says it makes sense. But Susan already knew what I was going to talk about. So. <laughs> So again, the maps are going to be in the foyer. Uh, we're going to have them up. There's going to be a highlighter. And when you come back next week, I want you to take that highlighter and, and you'll be able to see what I did in my neighborhood. But you kind of just mark on either side of the street uh, that you prayed for that road. And we're going to see if we can get this whole thing uh, highlighted. And if you live way out uh, somewhere else or, or walking just can't be your thing, uh, just drive slow. Just don't let anything be the excuse that you don't go... Uh, and pray for people, and, uh, and it's also just a great thing to do together. Uh, I'll end with this. So Susan and I went, and we did part of our neighborhood, and then later on, you know, it took a little while. I don't know if you know where we live, but the houses are close together. Um, you're all like, where do you live? We live in Millwoods. So if you know Millwoods, you're like, it's the suburban part of Arnold where everyone can see each other's houses. It's true. But there was a lot of prayer to be done, because there's a lot of houses. And uh, so we did that, and then I went out later with our oldest son, William, and just a great opportunity to explain to him what, what we're doing. And same thing, he prayed for the left side, I prayed for the right side, and, and we just did it together. But, you know, Jesus sent out his disciples two by two. I don't know exactly the wisdom. It's not, a, it's not an additional sermon. But uh, maybe there's a reason we're supposed to go together as we do this kind of thing. I know it at least helps uh, on a practical level, you know, minds not to wander. But again, walk. And, and as you do, notice what God puts before you. You'll be amazed. These, these houses I've walked past I don't know, probably a hundred times. And I've never noticed which ones, uh, you know, maybe have kids living there. There's little bikes in the driveway, or there's chalk, or, or maybe like a grandkid came to visit, and you know, you just have these opportunities to lift up certain things because your eyes are open. Uh, like I said, the lawn that's too manicured for them to be part-time, Lord, I know they're full-time because their lawn's beautiful, and they must be watering it all the time. Um, so, so just notice what God puts on your heart and just lift it up to him. Um, but why don't we be a church?
not just a people, but why don't we be a church that starts with prayer? Uh, and now I'm going to leave for two weeks, and uh, I feel like it's a little bit of the, like, the teacher's leaving, so like, when I come back, why don't you all impress me with how much is highlighted, <laughs> and it's not just my neighborhood, because <laughs> then, then I'll have a lot of walking to